0: Well, I want to talk this morning on uh, the genius of Genesis number two, I think we'll call this, Dave. Or if you can devise a better title, you probably <laughs> will. I give him the titles and he changes it all around. He never, never obeys, but well, he's a lovely guy, really. <laughs> We're going to... Right, what's, what's the purpose of my bringing what I'm going to bring this morning. I'm going to talk about Genesis chapter 1. And I would suggest that most people here have actually read Genesis chapter 1 and assume you know what's in there. What's the purpose? Am I just preaching to give you more knowledge? No. What I want to do this morning, open your eyes that God has greater things than what you think is obvious. It's so clever the way the Genesis is crafted together that not even Satan recognized the plan of Jesus in Genesis chapter 1. Very often when we read scripture, we think, well, I know that now, I've read that now. In Genesis chapter 1, when you read it, it seems a little bit complicated. It just seems a little bit, you know, there's terminology in there, depending on what version you read, obviously. But there's terminology in there, and we go, yeah, read, I believe it. I, I believe God created the world. And then we move on to something else. Well, what I've learned in my life is this. When God gives me a word... I rejoice at the word because that's the obvious. But what God doesn't tell you is what's behind the word. Very often there are two or three, can be three things, four things, running parallel. And we just rejoice that we've got a word from God. But what he doesn't do at that moment is reveal what's hidden behind the word. And that's the purpose of what I want to bring this morning—to show you that there is more than just what's obvious on the page. He's crafty. I love him. Absolutely love him. I still feel like a little boy in Sunday school when I go to go to the Word, the Bible, and read. I think, God, I, don't, I know nothing. And Wendy goes. <laughs> I'm just about Easter egged out. I'm still open to offers. But I reckon i got enough for the next six months at the moment. So uh, we won't go down that road. Amen. Okay. In the first four days of creation the first four days of creation is what we're going to look at very briefly this morning and I'm not plumbing the depths of it I'm just going to give you an overview, there is even more in there but I want to look at the first four days of creation and show you the master plan that God had hidden Hidden away, his purpose right at the foundation of the world was Jesus. Was Jesus. You know, God said, God saw. That's faith in action. You know, you create your own words, but worlds, you create your own world. By what you say. You create your own world by what you say. I just hope you're saying the right things. That you'll live. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. So, in the first four days of creation, we got the four great stages or positions of redemption hidden away in there redemption he paid the price that I might have life a fallen mankind sinful man and that's not a word we like to use anymore now but it is the truth Without Jesus, we're full of sin. You can be the nicest person. You can even help me across the road. But if you don't have Jesus in your life, your life is full of sin. If fallen man is to be reconciled to a holy God, there's a vast difference between sin and a holy God. God. Our concept of understanding a holy God is so limited. So limited. If we are going to be reconciled, something must be done. Something must be done. How can the gulf between sin or between deity and humanity between God and us, how can it be bridged? When we're full of sin without Jesus, how can we approach someone who is so holy? We can't. Without Jesus, it's judgment. What ladder, what ladder would we erect to come from the earth into the very throne room of God what ladder could be erected what way that reaches right into the throne
1: room of God
0: well what's the starting point well here we are on Easter Sunday and I'm going back to the starting point the word must become flesh that's the starting point the word must become flesh. God himself, because there was no one else fit enough, holy enough to come to represent and stand in our place. There was no one other than Jesus. Jesus. I love Genesis chapter 1, so if you've got your Bibles, go there, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. We dealt with verse 1 the last time I preached, the genius of Genesis. The earth was without form, and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, oh, I love that, the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the face of the waters that was a picture i said it last time of you and me without jesus we were empty and void dead in our trespasses and sins but the holy spirit hallelujah Hallelujah. i want to tell you something the angel said to the the women in the tomb he's not here I want to tell you, he's not over there. He's here. He's here today. Alive. Well. Holy Spirit is brooding, hovering over you to bring you into more truth. To bring you into the presence of Jesus. Where do we get a comparison to Genesis chapter one verse 2 darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering or someone once said to me hoovering <laughs> over the face of the deep well i liken it to this and don't turn there i'll read it to you luke chapter 1 verse 35 and the angel answered and said to mary the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Christmas story is right in the second chapter, uh, second verse, of Genesis chapter 1 the Holy Spirit begins to move on the command of the Father through Jesus the Holy One he said to Mary will come upon you and you shall give birth something is coming out of nothing nothing
1: in the next verse
0: Verse 3, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. Compares to what? Compares to the chapter, uh, uh, second chapter in Luke. Luke 9, where the shepherds were just having a night in the fields. Just an ordinary day or ordinary work. Day, night in the fields looking after the sheep. They had no idea what was going to happen, what was going to burst forth. The glory of God was suddenly lit up around them. God said, let there be light. Yeah. This is the moment when I'm going to reveal myself, my glory to a group of rough bottom of the table of acceptance. I'm going to reveal myself to the lowest class of people on the face of this earth, the shepherds. And what happened? The angel appeared and the glory of God and it lifted their hearts. Why? Because God said, let there be. And there was. You see, God said it And God saw it. Faith in action. Faith in action. And light came forth. Third, Genesis 3 and 4. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The word there in the Hebrew, good. God saw that it was good. It's better translated beautiful. And God saw the light that it was beautiful. You see, you can just read this. Oh, well, that's what God did. It was just, the, you know, the light and da-da-da-da-da. But no, God saw that it was beautiful in ecclesiastes in third chapter it says this god has made everything beautiful in its time you are in the kingdom for such a time as this you haven't missed the mark this is your moment now you may have some ups and downs in that moment and you will but he has made it beautiful for you. Didn't he say when Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened, and he said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. This is my beautiful son. Hear him? Are you listening to him this morning? Have you got ears that are open to him speaking to you this morning? Because he has made Jesus beautiful in our sight. In our sight. But there's another sight. Beautiful was the light. Beautiful was Jesus. But mankind, mankind said, there was no beauty that we should desire Him. While I was in my personal sin, I had no desire for the beauty of Christ. It's not in my heart. My heart was dead towards Him. You know, I, had, John, and my brother John and I had an interesting discussion the other day, and it goes, it went something like this. There isn't a God-shaped hole inside you while you're without Jesus, while you're still a sinner. There isn't. You were dead in your sin. I was dead. I had no desire for him at all. I was dead in my sin. And it took the Holy Spirit to quicken me to start to draw me i didn't have a god-shaped hole in my heart i didn't want to know god it was you know an inconvenience i grew up in a christian family but i didn't want what they had what they had let me live my life alone leave me alone i can make it but i couldn't and i had a good try i really did i had a good try But I couldn't make it until the Holy Spirit started to open my ears and my eyes and my heart to the beauty, the wonder of this Christ that I now follow. Fourth, Genesis 4. And God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Doesn't that sound complicated? Divide the waters from the waters and let there be a. What's the firmament? solid ground coming out here. The light was separated from the darkness by God. though Jesus came to fallen mankind, he was separate. That didn't mean he didn't mix with them, because he did. He mixed with mankind. It was the accusations of the religious people, the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, and they were Sadducees. It was their accusation that he mixes with sinners. Christ didn't come for the righteous. He didn't come for the righteous because he knew they didn't want him. He didn't come for the ones that think they got it all together. No. Came for anybody. Anybody that would come and sit and listen to him. Anybody that would give him an ear. And we all come with Questions. We all come with our opinions. I'm just glad he came to me. So glad. He shared our humanity, but he never shared our depravity. He stayed holy until the moment on the cross when he took my sin. And he became sin for me and for you. God named in verse 5, God named the day, the light. He named it the light day. He says in Matthew, you should call his name Jesus. You should call him Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. Jesus, his name is saviour, means saviour of sin. Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that amazing? Don't you ever think how amazing that is? That God is with you? I find that incredible still. God with me? I know me. You don't know me. You only see the bit of me that I give you to see. But God knows the whole of me. And do you know what he does?
1: He puts his arms around
0: me. He puts his arms around me, underneath me. He lifts my head. He puts a new song in here. He puts a rejoicing coming out of here. He has removed my heart of stone, which was dead, and he's replaced it with a soft heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He starts to bridge the gap. He's got to bridge the gap between earth and heaven, between us and the Father. While we were sinners, there is no way we could walk into the presence of the Father. We would have been wiped out instantly. But praise God, there is a mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He stepped in my place. I was in the courtroom facing the judge. And suddenly my barrister stood up and walked to the front and said, I take this man. I will pay his price. I will pay his fine. I will make up his debt. This man, me, innocent i will take yeah. upon myself jesus said yes. his Thank you, jesus. sin and the father the judge says not guilty Amen. Amen. not guilty Thanks, and i can walk out of the throne room of god I can walk into the throne room of God. I can walk out of the throne room of God because they're over my head and in my case book it says, innocent, Amen. not guilty, Amen. because the blood of Jesus Amen. has paid the price. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. I have a righteousness now that is not my own. Amen.
1: God. Thank you, Jesus.
0: You could get excited but I won't.
1: Oh, yeah, you got it. Come on. <laughs> in verse six
0: then God. God said let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Yeah. Interesting. The firmament here speaks of the cross. The cross, the firmament came out of the midst of the waters. Now, we'll break this down a bit. We'll work this through. First of all, the firmament here was God's idea. That's obvious because there's nobody else. Adam and Eve aren't created yet but there is someone else looking on there's someone else looking on but he has no idea don't ever give him the credit that sometimes we give him because he does not so you know very often how he finds out is because he listens to what you say Well, he doesn't listen to what you say because you're not a big enough fish. Neither am I. But his demonic forces do. Sometimes we give the enemy the information and he magnifies it. But up to that point, he has no idea. He's not all-knowing. He's limited in power. And he's a defeated foe. You create your own world by what you say. And if you're happy to live in a world that's void and empty without Jesus, that's your right and that's your decision, but it's totally wrong. But that's still your right to do that. And that blows my mind as well. The firmament was the cross coming up, predetermined by God before the foundation of the world. Jesus was the Lamb of God. What does it go on to say? Slain before the foundation of the world. This, we are touching here. Easter is not about rabbits. It's not even about Easter eggs, and I'm loath to say that.
1: And you like your
0: chocolate. I love the chocolate. Well, there you go. Now, Easter is a celebration of the one God's plan, even before the foundation of the world. That's amazing. The one slain. Before the foundation, it was on the Father's heart. This plan of salvation was not a last-minute thing. It was an existence in eternity. Ever before there was anything else created. It was God's heart. He knew. He knew you and me would mess up. He knew me and you were born in sin. Not our fault, but still sinners. We were born like it. Whoever yeah. yeah. teaches a baby to demand? Nobody. You don't teach a baby to demand, and they demand. It's part of that fallen nature. There's the initial, evidence. they're the lovely little things, aren't they?
1: <laughs>
0: I could eat my whole one. <laughs> You do. You feel like you could eat them, don't you? Yeah. They're, they're, and and I got this thing about smelling them. There's something about uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, that's yeah. just yeah. my peculiar. Sure. But they are beautiful, <laughs> precious. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they are precious. But they have a sinful nature
1: yeah.
0: inbuilt yeah. because of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Every one of us is the same. That's why we rebel. No one taught you to rebel. It's inbred in you, as part of our fallen, as the Bible says, our fallen nature.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, the firmament comes up out of the water. Now, water here in Scripture doesn't—it means water. But it has a deeper meaning than that. It means people and nations. Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ appears, comes out from the firmament here. It's a picture of the cross. The, the land came out of the waters, out of the people. Where was, what was the picture of when Jesus was put on the cross? His cross was the center and each side two thieves he came out of that just like in Genesis chapter 1 isn't it amazing that Israel is the centre of the world Palestine is the centre of the world it's a direct picture here Genesis. Two thieves. I, I I am amazed at one of those thieves. We're gonna meet him in glory. You know that, don't you? Yes. If ever you want to do a little study on salvation, getting saved, read the story of the thief, the one who accepted Jesus. It's amazing. He said to Jesus on the cross, remember me. Yes. When you come into glory, will you just remember me? He didn't ask for anything else. He didn't even know what he was going to get. He didn't even know if he was going to get anything. The other thief was blaspheming. His heart was hard, but something about this thief that he saw in Jesus represented coming out of humanity. Humanity was different. Yeah. He said to him, will you remember me when you come into your glory? And Jesus said this wonderful thing. Yeah. You see, salvation is so simple. It's so simple. Wonderful. Jesus said this, today, you. you will be with me in paradise. Amen. He got more than he asked for praise, yeah. oh,
1: yeah.
0: he got born again <clears throat> he got saved simply Beautiful. because he called out yeah. to Jesus yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. all salvation is Beautiful. saying Jesus I need you yeah. in my life yeah. I want to get rid of the guilt the horribleness that's within me I want you to take that away. I want you to give me a future and a hope. Thief is dying on a cross, nailed to a cross beside Jesus. And he gets the most beautiful promise you could today, right now, you will be with me, Jesus said, in paradise. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. But to the other thief, the other thief fulfills 1 Corinthians 18. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. So you've got the two contrasts, other side of, it, of the center cross of Jesus Christ. You've got the thief that's saying, "This is rubbish." And you got the other guy going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. And it's the same today. Nothing's changed. You know, it's not even about coming to church. But it is about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes, amen that's what christianity that's where it starts yeah. it's not about coming to church it's not about putting a tie or a clean shirt on or a pretty dress and that's just the men that's <laughs> not <laughs> it's a bit belated <laughs> <laughs> The firmament in Genesis was designed and purposed by God. The cross of Jesus Christ was purposed by the Father the same way. Thank you, Jesus. The same way. Yes, amen. God made the firmament, it says. He made the way of the cross in the midst
1: of the firmament.
0: Now, let me ask you something. What did God say at the end of every day in creation, the six days of creation? What did God say at the end? You're wrong. I thought that until this week when I checked it out it's not, it's wrong I thought at the end of every day God did say it was good he doesn't on the second day of creation God says it is so there's something here hidden the second day of creation is the only day that God didn't say it is good.
1: They're omitted. Why?
0: I had to think about this one. Why? Because the second day of creation points to the cross. Although the cross was God's plan, God's purpose, it gave him no joy to lay his judgment on Jesus. His son, for the first time ever, and it will never happen again, It will be impossible for it to happen again. For the first time, they were separated on the cross. Jesus cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the first time, the Father, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son are separated. Why? Because of sin. But the wrath now the Romans didn't crucify Christ. The Jews didn't crucify. They were used, they were used by in God's purposes to bring it about, but they didn't. No, it was the Father. The Father in heaven that laid upon Jesus his judgment over sin. It was the Father, as we heard this morning from Catherine when she read that out. The Father inflicted Jesus on the cross. And that's why at the end of the second day of creation, God says, doesn't say, it is good. Now, the fruit of it is good. Jesus said this for... for, for, um, mm, well the Bible says this, that he endured the cross for the joy which was set before him. He saw you and me before he was even crucified. And I I he in his total humanity he knew what was coming. But the fact that he saw you and me. You and me before him enabled him under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go through that incredible situation. And even at the point of death, the Holy Spirit withdrew from him. He was totally alone. Been made sin. Who knew no sin. We, we, we have no concept of what that means, no concept at all. How could someone who was born totally holy be made total sin? Every sin of the world was laid upon him and the Father turned away from him because the judgment had to be made. The price had to be paid by the shedding of blood. Cost my salvation, cost Jesus his life, but he did it
1: willingly. you. You know, Easter is a funny time of the year,
0: really, but every time you take communion, you're actually celebrating. Easter? You're actually celebrating it. Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. Every time you take the bread, you take the the cup, the wine, you're celebrating the victory of Easter. But we must never do it in a sense of guilt. Jesus didn't go through the cross to make me feel guilty about him doing it. He went through the cross that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And the third day's work The third day we see a resurrection. Number three is always the number of resurrection. On the third day, God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and the dry land appeared. Out of the midst of the water, the dry land came up. A resurrection happened on that third day of creation. A resurrection happened on the third day. He rose again from the grave. He rose again from the dead. God said, let the dry land appear. Let it appear. Verse 11, what does that say? Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herbs, seed, fruit trees. Uh, yeah, and, the, and on the earth it was so. Resurrection comes on the third day of creation. Resurrection came on the third day. Jesus rose from the dead. Now the last act of redemption is our Lord's ascension. And actually, next time I preach, I want to preach on the ascension. I love the ascension. You see, you can have the incarnation, and as You can't have the the ascension without the incarnation. But you can't have the incarnation without the ascension. You can't separate them. You can't have the incarnation without the crucifixion. You can't have that without the resurrection. You can't have the ascension without any of those other three elements taking place. You can't break it down. We should never major on one we major on the four elements in there what do I love about the ascension (laughs) well the first thing is simply this he could not, Jesus could not return to heaven unless the price had been paid he could not go back to the Father unless the atonement of the blood had covered sin because he had been made sin. If the Father had not said, I see the blood on my son, he cannot return to me. The ascension of Jesus Christ, that's, that means he, for those who don't understand the word, it means he rose from the earth and returned back to heaven in full glory. Okay? But it was impossible for him to do that unless the Father had approved the price that Jesus paid. So the ascension to me Also speaks of this. No longer do my prayers bounce off the ceiling. The enemy could not stop the ascension. I have now a high priest seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father who is perpetually interceding just for me oh you as well oh he's interceding just for the two of us
1: don't
0: you believe the lie don't you believe the lie that the enemy can stop your prayers no Jesus punched a hole right through the heavenlies when he ascended. And nothing can stop us. Nothing can withhold our prayers. Nothing can stop my prayer going straight into the throne room of heaven not because of me, but because the one who had died has risen from the dead. He has paid my price and he has ascended glorified back into the presence of the Father. But it goes beyond that again. Because if he couldn't ascend, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. Don't you think that if the enemy could have stopped him ascending, he would have. He does not want. He did not want the Holy Spirit to come and abide on this earth, bringing you and me into the presence of Jesus, giving us the freedom that Christ promised. But my Savior busted oh, I love it. I use this kind of simple phraseology busted a Jesus-shaped hole right through the, 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 the heavenlies, that I can come boldly, the word says, into the throne, boldly. But me... But you don't know me, but my father does. Amen. And he says, I don't see your sin anymore. Your sin has been removed as far as the east is from the, the east is from the west and the north is from the south. It's gone. He said in actual fact, Rob, you told me this years ago. When you're mentioning your sin to me, I don't even know what you're talking about because Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin, not some sin. All sin is forgiven when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, it's not my opinion that matters. It's not the fanatic in the attic. It's the fellow in the cellar. Sorry, about That. that's <laughs> <laughs> You know when it's anointed you get some spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. What a saviour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank
1: you,
0: And finally the fourth day's work. The fourth day's work, and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, since that's, that's the moon and the sun. He's referring to then. Okay, what's that got to do with us? Well, that fulfills Colossians chapter three, verse fourteen. Set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. You know, it's interesting. I thought this the other day. Men, Many women spend hours stargazing, or some do. I mean, I love a sunset. I love a sunrise and a sunset. And I look, when the sun has set, occasionally I look up there and see some stars. Now, Dan's he's dopey. <laughs> yeah, he, he, can, he can even names the stars. I said to him, what's that bright one there? And he, Pluto, is it? The moon. Oh, the moon, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let me remind you that's not the wait for promotion. <laughs> what was that bright star underneath the moon? <laughs> Jupiter. Jupiter and he's excited about it and I'm thinking well, well it's bright
1: <laughs>
0: but it's just there and he's freaky I mean, he's, freaking. I mean he's, he's happy about it I don't get it I can understand why he married Joe I mean I can understand it <laughs> <laughs> you see men have been gazing into the stars for years trying to find a purpose trying to read horoscopes yeah find a way in life yeah. to find out if tomorrow is going to be better than today read your horoscope no don't read your horoscope no. No. utter no. garbage, no. garbage. there's no life in horoscope it's a deceit yeah. a glorified deceit a distraction away from God yeah. only God knows your tomorrow That's
1: right. yeah. Amen.
0: even the enemy doesn't know your tomorrow but my father in yeah. heaven does yeah. And he says this, don't worry about tomorrow. I've taken care of it. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. There'll be food on your table. Thank you, Jesus. Easter eggs on the side. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's
0: going to be shoes on your feet. Now, ladies, I'm sorry, but what God's means there is you may not be able to buy another pair, but there will be shoes on your feet. <laughs> There'll be a roof over your head. <laughs> yeah. Jesus said, My Father knows what you yes. need. Yes. So Amen. don't worry about those things, he said. Don't yeah. why do we get so uptight about it? I why do we get so uptight about what we're gonna wear and you know will God provide? The gas price has gone up, <laughs> the electric price has gone up. The world's in a panic. I'm being serious now. The world's in yeah, a panic. Yeah. Why? Because they have not met Jesus Christ. No, right, right. The light of the world. Yeah, right, right, right. The one who right at the very beginning oh. has a plan. And he has a plan for everyone in this room this morning. Yeah. The purpose of my saying this, trying to teach a little bit of this this morning, is this. Whatever God has said to you, there's more. And there's something hidden behind what he has promised you, which he will reveal to you as you walk the journey. He's not a failure. He's not a failure. He's got a purpose for your life. All you've got to do is lift your eyes up. Creation declares... That there is a God. I don't care what you hear in college. I don't care what you hear on the read on the internet or see on the internet. The heavens declare there is a God. Amen. And He's got a plan. And nothing will stop that plan. But the plan begins with accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. someone here this morning to someone online this morning that needs to you feel that you want to accept Jesus Christ maybe you want to rededicate your life again, that's okay do it again it doesn't matter how many times you do it do it rededicate your life to Jesus Christ accept him again as your Lord and Savior accept him for the first time as your Lord and saviour because without him you have nothing I know. absolutely nothing I, know. I pray you'll pray that prayer or just call out as the thief did on the cross remember me and Jesus say today you'll be with me oh, I will be with you, oh, you today because he's not over there And an empty tomb is right here in our midst. Amen?
1: Let's stand together.